Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book creator Noah Ray about what comics he would take into an alien invasion apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene, where you can read comic news and become part of a community of fellow comic lovers. To find out more, be sure to visit comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Noah Ray. How's it going? It's going well, Samuel. How are you doing? And also, do I call you Samuel or Sam? I guess that's another uh, thing I should ask about. <laughs> no, no, it's it's either or, really. Um, I'm uh, I can I can go by Sam or Samuel. I don't mind. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on, Sam. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, hundred percent, man, hundred um, percent. And uh, yeah, no, thank you so much for 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 reaching out and uh, yeah, coming on the show. Um, we were just talking um, about kind of you know um the the uk in fact because you were just in london weren't you yeah i was in london for star wars celebration it was the most geeky thing i've ever done um and it (laughs) was yeah to go to a a star wars centered convention in another country and that was the one reason and it's the first time i've been out of the country people just looked at me so perplexed when i said (laughs) that's what i was doing but that's kind of uh where i like to keep people with myself is just perplexed so you it bet, was, man. You yeah. bet. Committed, committed to the geekery. That's what. Oh it's yeah. About. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I am stupid geek. That's my. That's my. Uh, that's my label. Love it. Love it. Um. Well. Um. For those that haven't haven't come across you just yet, what do you do in the world of comics? I do a lot of things, but mostly I draw comics. Uh, recently, I've made a foray into writing a comic with the with Cosmic Caveman, which is now on Kickstarter. Uh, that's drawn by Clint Kaiser, but usually I draw comics, but I've done everything. I've done lettering. I've done writing, obviously I've done editing, I've done formatting. Um, I've done producing uh, and, uh, but probably the biggest thing I do aside from drawing in comics is I run a podcast with my co-host Matt Kuhn, who you had on a few months ago for his comic metal Eagle. So we run, we co-host constructing comics podcast, or we have a lot of independent creators and sometimes we have uh, established published creators on and we interview them about what's going on in their lives and what they're creating and sort of give them a platform to talk about their process and their projects it's been really fun doing that matt and i've been doing it for about five years now and it's it's the it's definitely the way we've made the most friends in this industry and uh i don't know what i do without it it's great that's fantastic man um and uh yeah where's the best place for people to find you online Definitely the best place to find me is on Instagram. That's where I post the most regularly. I do have a Facebook page, um, but Instagram's where I'm most active. And again, I found a nice community on there. So I do a lot of promo, cross promo between my artist friends and their projects. But my Instagram is Noah Cray, all one word. So it's N-O-A-H-C-R-A-Y. And um, if you look me up on Facebook, I am Noah Cray Illustrations. And that's where the art from Instagram goes up as well. Awesome, man. Awesome. And of course, all of those links are in the show notes, along with a link to uh, Cosmic Cavemen. Um, So tell us a little bit more about um, this Kickstarter. So yeah, Cosmic Caveman is about Crad. He's a caveman and he's in outer space. 
And he's on a mission to save this baby Triceratops from a crazy cult of volcano-worshipping Brachiosauruses. Uh, it's it's one issue just of like a prolonged action sequence of Crad trying to escape these these Brachiosauruses and their raptor mercenaries. Along the way, you get to meet some of his supporting characters, like the crew of his ship. But most of it's focused on Crad and him just beating up other anthropomorphic, like anthropomorphic dinosaurs with like ray guns and you know in, in a sci-fi setting. Uh, there's a ticking clock because the the planet that they're on is about to explode. So the evil Brachiosauruses think that sacrificing the baby Triceratops that Crad is trying to save will actually save the world from exploding. So it's um yeah it's it's it's, it's uh, wall to wall excitement. Uh, Clint and I we bonded over our love for classic tsunami cartoons like Samurai Jack and the other Genny Tartakovsky cartoons and like the original Justice League animated series. Uh, so we kind of were trying to make a comic that felt like it was in that vein um, where it's just, you know, limited dialogue, all action, you know, a nice, brisk, fun read that hopefully will stick with you and you'll be able to return to over and over again. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, and when does the campaign uh, run until? It runs until July 12th. So, um, sorry, July 13th. I'm sorry, July 13th. Mm. And uh, yeah, we're about almost 50% funded. Um, we've got a lot of great rewards. So highly recommend people checking it out. I find it easy to promote this book just because I'm such a huge fan of Clint's work. So yeah, it looks, it looks like yeah. a lot of fun, man. It's oh, great. yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what it's all about. So yeah, folks, go check out Cosmic Cave Caveman, um, either by searching for that on Kickstarter or just click the link in the show notes and you can go check it out. And if you uh, if it, it's your thing, uh, make sure that you back it. Um, and uh, yeah, no, um, absolutely brilliant, Noah. Um, so um, all of that aside, I do have some bad news for you, oh, unfortunately. And that is whilst, you know, you've been busily... Uh, busily uh, creating comics um, the aliens have decided to invade during your Kickstarter I'm afraid um, so yeah I know it really it's really bad timing yeah. <laughs> so so it's what is your action plan here. for survival <laughs> yeah my action plan for survival man uh, well first of all I I have friends and and loved ones scattered throughout the country of the United States. So my immediate goal is to make sure that the people close to me are safe and to start a rendezvous plan with them. Um, And, you know, to try to rally them and let's go. And and what we do is we would go across the country, just saving our other friends and family and hopefully along the way, meet some other resistance fighters and then start to mount a, a resistance against our alien conquerors. Um, that's my survival plan right now. I feel I believe in strength in numbers, and um, I don't. I you know I'm I'm definitely scared that you know there will be someone who will want to take over and you know use our group for their own means. But I'm I have faith in humanity that we'll all bond together and we'll fight and defeat these alien suckers and you know <laughs> kick them kick their asses back to wherever they're from. You know. You bet, man. You bet, 100%. Um, excellent. Uh, so, um, kind of in your new band of uh, of uh, alien warriors, <laughs> let's say, um, or warriors against the aliens, rather, um, you uh, you get chatting about what you did in the before times and uh, the fact that, you know, you're a comic creator yourself um, and uh, your your fellow warriors ask, what's the first comic you remember enjoying? 
First comic I remember enjoying was the 2002 Spider-Man movie adaptation. I think they gave them away for free at Walmart, and I just tore up my copy of it. I, I read it all the time. Probably was what got me into comics and loving comics. That's awesome. I would say that was just at Walmart. Is a is a free giveaway, um, but it was it was still a good story, was it? Oh yeah, you know it's just you know it was just a not even a shot for shot adaptation. It was a really dynamic adaptation of the movie. Um, mm. And uh, with I original original art, or was it like just screen captures from the movie or something? Original art, and I can't remember who Correct. drew it, but I just and I think maybe it's best to keep it in my mind as just being the coolest thing in the world, um, mm. but. It really set the like I hadn't seen the movie, so it just sort of set the stage for what the movie could be, and like you know got my anime my like the, you know my mind just my imagination just sort of uh, burning with images, Excellent. and um, yeah. And and if you don't mind me asking, how old were you when when this came out? I was six. Yeah. Six. Wow, man. Yeah. So That's I wasn't wild. quite. I don't think my parents yeah. would have been cool with me seeing Spider Man at the time. So I was. No. That's all I had. Yeah, but the comic was all right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah, but I'm I'm having to kind of like adjust. I'm coming up 40 now. So like <laughs> I'm having to adapt the fact that you know that people were six in the early 2000s <laughs> when I was just about to go off to university and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> so, no. It's, that's that's all amazing. Yeah, I um but it's, it's Spider-Man though, like that movie, it just transcends all ages. And in the end I would say the comic totally. does as well. Oh yeah, you bet, man. You bet. That's awesome. So that's it. You're on the on the stage for for creating comics. So, kind of during your childhood, um, were you you know just going straight into drawing or trying to create stories? How how did it go? Yeah, my parents. Uh, when I was a little kid, they wanted me to sit still during church, so they gave me a notebook and a bag of markers. And to this day, I still carry around a sketchbook and a bag of markers everywhere I go because of them. Great. And I was, yeah, I was just drawing superheroes. I was making comics from a pretty early age and didn't realize that I really wanted to make comics though until I got into college. Awesome. So you're at college um, and then what kind of inspired you to start creating? I did a project of sequential art for one of my, for a 2D design class. And Mm. I knew I enjoyed making comics, but I kind of was thinking of something more practical, you know, for art. But I had a professor who just, you know, all it took was just one phrase of saying, you're really good at the sequential art stuff. You should consider doing comics. And mm. that was like, yeah, I, I would love to do comics. I like I love doing that assignment. And yeah, I haven't looked back since wanted to do comics. Oh, good for you, man. And it's great that you that your uh, teacher was kind of encouraging you to get into comics because um, that's still fairly rare, um, at least in the UK. It's uh, it's fairly rare that you know uh, an art teacher would kind of say, you know, you should you should try going into comics. <laughs> yeah, and I would say that I'm not even trying to make it seem like I'm a prodigy or anything, but just to have that kind of encouragement is really nice. Yeah, and but also here in the United States as well. Like I, I don't know if I would have stuck with it if I didn't have professors or fellow artists sort of encouraging me and sharing their love of comics with me. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's so important that initial kind of support um, and small successes, isn't it? Um, yeah. At the start, that really kind of sets you on the trajectory for success, really. Um, so that's that's awesome, man. That's really cool. Um, so heading back to our band of warriors, um, what's the funniest comic or most laugh out loud moment in a comic that you've read? 
Um, I've, I've laughed at a lot of that, a lot of comics, but recently my, my girlfriend, Kathy sent me a, a short web comic by Luke McGarry, where he talked about Jurassic park and it, you know, it's, it's anniversary. It's just like, and all it was, was like, if like started off just nice, like, Hey, you know, like here's the, it's the anniversary of Jurassic park. And let's talk about the performers in the Raptor suits. And it was just, <laughs> and it just went in like a direction that was obvious, but just out of nowhere and it just caught me off guard and I laughed hysterically for what felt like minutes to the point where my, yeah, where, where Kathy who was sitting next to me and was very concerned that I was about to have a heart attack or something like that. Like, cause I was just laughing so hard at it. Um, that's the most recent example. Yeah, it is. And you sent me the link for it, which is just hilarious. It's I'll so put funny. that link in the show notes as well, because it's well worth reading. It's just like a four panel thing. Oh, yeah. um, and it's absolutely perfect. And it kind of just illustrates the fact that, you know, the kitchen scene in Jurassic Park, yeah. it just put, sheds a new light on it, really. Just <laughs> yeah. the fact that, you know, there were probably naked guys inside those suits. And it's like, you, know, you got two kids in a kitchen and two guys that are naked underneath these raptor suits chasing them about it's a bit weird um but uh you know that's uh it's the world we live in <laughs> oh yeah it is it's oh, it's so funny um just it is. it's really well done oh yeah fair play fair play uh fantastic now changing gears very suddenly uh what's the saddest comic that you've read well i'm an animal lover so any comic that involves like, you know, a dog or a cat or anything like that immediately will make me cry, especially if the character has an attachment to that. Um, but the one that like definitely just wrecked me and I'm not alone on this, but we, is we three by Grant Morrison and Frank quietly. Um, that whole book wrecked me, but you get to the end and the journey that those three animals are on and you just you just get to a moment where you just want these characters to catch a break and you know they're not going to and it just yeah their bond at the end just it's making me choked up right now thinking about it like it's so sad and it's so beautiful mm-hmm. though too but yeah i love we three it's it's a beautiful book yeah it is for sure um and uh yeah very 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 upsetting particularly if you're a uh, an animal lover um yeah yeah do you have any pets or anything but uh no i don't um not at the moment anyway i've i've got two two young kids so it's enough uh enough responsibility <laughs> oh yeah time. i don't envy you yeah <laughs> but uh yeah maybe maybe when they're kind of both both over the age of like eight or oh, something yeah. we we might we might get a dog um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I, I, I had a dog and a cat when I was growing up, and uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, very appreciative of uh, kind of the relationship that you can build up with a with an animal for sure. Amen. Yeah, so true. Love my. I have a dog and a cat. Love them to death. You oh, know. great. Yeah. What, yeah. what What have you got there? Um, I've got a dog named Vesper and a cat named Ripley. So very geeky names. Um, very good. Yeah, they're, they're, but they're best friends, and they're my best friends, you know. They're just, Aww. yeah. They're and what, what breeds are they? Sorry. Oh, Vesper's a husky mix, and Ripley's this little, like, black and white cow-looking thing. Um, nice. So, yeah. yeah. A cow cat. Cow cat, yep. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Uh, now, uh, changing gears once again, what's the scariest comic that you've read? So... You know, recently I read the adaptation of Rain, um, which is Joe Hill's short novel. Mm-hmm. And um, Zoe Thorogood did the art on that. And I'm 
blanking on the writer's name who adapted it. Uh, David Boer. David Boer. Yes, I I really loved the opening to that because it, there's a genuine like there's suspense at the beginning leading up to the first rain, and then when the rain hits, it's just horrifying. Um, I found it to be really effective and it stuck with me. I, I don't know if the rest of the book lives up to that opening, but that that part of the book made it like the scariest thing I've read recently. Um, I think it helps to it like sort of it, it attack. It taps into sort of like an emotional uh, like an emotional fear right from the beginning. Like, you know, it's yeah, I, I think that was the most horrifying thing I've read recently sure um and yeah. just um what's the what's the uh general premise of rain for those that don't know so the general premise of the rain of of rain is that um one day in this town in colorado it just starts raining these crystallized needles and um you know obviously anyone caught <laughs> underneath it is either seriously injured or killed and it follows this this woman as she's trying to get to um boulder so they they're in boulder city they need to get and she needs to get to denver to reach one of her loved ones so um obviously the my alien apocalypse answer is actually something i've imagined for a long time like that's always (laughs) been my that's always been my plan so rain definitely also tapped into that because i was like yeah that's what i would do you know yeah if there's an apocalypse like yeah i could go go find my loved ones um so it's a great book i I highly recommend reading it um it's 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 sort of it's very brisk but it's it's not for everybody obviously but if you're into creepy stuff it's it's good Oh, that's great, man. And I'm just thinking like, you know, that sort of premise can only come out of the, the son of Stephen King, really. Oh, yeah. It. It's like, you know, it's just uh-huh. it's just perfect. It, it really is. And uh, he is his father's son in a lot of very specific ways, too, especially with that opening, because it reminded me a yeah. lot of um, how Under the Dome and other like sort of yes, apocalyptic Stephen yeah. King stories open. Yeah. Yeah exactly very good very good uh now uh moving on to my favorite question and that is what is your favorite cover my favorite cover is uh the olivier Quapel uh variant cover for star wars darth vader zero number three which came out in like 2017 um it's just this epic like snapshot of a fight scene where one jedi is coming after darth vader and darth vader doesn't have a lightsaber and um mm. it and Giuseppe Comincelli does the, I think that's who did the art in that, um, did the interiors. And he does such a, that like that issue is just all action and it's just brutal. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm yeah. a big Star Wars fan, so I love that. And the, 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 the cover conveys sort of like the brutality of the issue. But it's also just got yeah. this like very dynamic feel to it, which I love. I've had it framed on my wall um, periodically over the years. Like it always cycles in on the, nice. the issues I've got hung up. Yeah, no, it's really cool, man. I'm um, just looking at it now. And uh, yeah, like Darth Vader is kind of like looking over his shoulder and he's like, you know, put, putting the force together to like, I don't know, do some, do a lightning attack maybe or something. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's like, how do you like, you know, somehow Quapel does a good job of not make, of making Darth Vader look imposing while someone is imposing over him. Which is like brilliant yeah, right. somehow. Yeah, yeah. You can tell um, that Darth Vader is like he's got this under control a little bit. He does, maybe. even though like in the <laughs> even in the composition, the other character is like bigger, like is larger and yeah. is looming over him. Like you can tell, yeah. yeah, Darth Vader is is about ready to like you know unleash hell. It's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, very yeah. cool. That's awesome, man. No, that's a really good cover. 
Um, and there are some really good Star Wars um, comic covers out there and just some great Star Wars comics that are out there. Um, I wonder if, you know, any of that is going to come into what what happens next in the Star Wars universe. I hope so. I, what I really like about what, where Star Wars comics are at right now is that they're getting a little more experimental and we're getting some different styles in there. It seemed to be like there was sort of a house style with Star Wars comics over the last couple of years, but now we're venturing into some weirder territory, which I like. Um, you know, nothing compared to where it was in the or like, you know, Marvel days or the Dark Horse days yet, but we're getting there. Nice man, nice. Um, so, uh, moving on again, um, what comic do you repeatedly read the most? It's a Star Wars comic again. Um, speaking of weird stuff, uh, I love the Star Wars Clone Wars adventures. Um, they were books that I read as a kid, but I've kind of had value going back to them recently because they're just sort of these nice, brisk, action-oriented comics, but somehow really cool, complex stories that are told over a short page count, which I really like. And... Um, you know, they were they were they preceded the Cartoon Network 3D animated Star Wars cartoon show, so they're in the style of the 2D micro series. Um, you get a lot of cool creative teams on that, like you know, actually maybe like three creative teams, but they're all really cool, and um, they just tell these nice, brisk Star Wars stories that are all action centered, um, but still at the same time, like you read them and like when there is dialogue, it's all very like it's not talking down to like kids or anything. Um, it just shows that like, you know, it's just clear storytelling and, uh, like, you know, it doesn't waste its time. doesn't take up a lot of space. It's a good, it, it, they're good little books. Nice man. And, and sometimes that's just, you know, just what the doctor ordered, <laughs> basically nice brisk story. That's uh fun and action orientated. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And especially for star Wars, it, it's sort of a nice breath of fresh air when everything is kind of lore heavy. Totally, man. Totally. Um, now, moving on to another of my favorite questions, and that is, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Definitely Watchmen. And I know Matt, I think, probably had this as his answer, too. Or at least he said he, he brought up on his interview that he reread Watchmen the most. But uh, Watchmen is, I, I feel, probably the most influential comic in my life, just because it was such a revelation when I read it in high school. Um, it's one that was sort of hyped and it well, you know, it lived up to the hype and it's, it, it just covers so much ground in, in its book. It, it hits a lot of, hits on a lot of levels. It's great. Totally, man. It's a, it's an absolute masterclass in, in storytelling and world building and just everything really, isn't it? And, uh, yeah, totally a, um, one that can kind of like, you know, really, set where the bar is when you're a comic creator to, yeah. to aim for. <laughs> and, and it's it's got pretty much all the lessons in Scott McCloud's books just weaved into the narrative, you know? You can mm. basically, like, in all of, like, you know, in, in Scott McCloud's, like, understanding and reading comics, you know, you get... It, you know, everything is covered in Watchmen. Like, Watchmen has an example of all of that. Um, so it's also, like, a great meta-commentary on how comics should be read and made inside Watchmen, yeah. which is great. Totally. Totally. And uh, yeah, no, and Dave Gibbons himself has got a How Comics Work book that's really good if you've, if you've ever read that. Oh, I should. I've not read that. I've heard of it enough. I probably mm. should. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, it's really good. 
um and uh, it just gives it another angle um to to things i think it's it's definitely complimentary uh to scott mcleod's um so yeah definitely um kind of yeah take a look if you have the time <laughs> oh i definitely will <laughs> excellent man um now uh what's the most underrated comic I'm going to go back to an answer previous where I do feel that those Star Wars, Clone Wars comics are really underrated. They're out of print, you know, so I've been trying to put them together in a collection and they're really hard to find. Um, I actually found a couple volumes in London uh, when Mm. I was there recently and I grabbed all of them. But, you know, when you find them, thankfully, they're not too cheap and you can definitely find them online. But, you know, they're not very readily available, which I'm kind of disappointed Mm. about in the sense that marvel hasn't like reproduced them they're just sort of in existence in their original like dark horse um digest form so i I really think those books are great underrated if you can find them Mm. you know whether you read them online or find them in a shop they're worth picking up totally um i'll I'll try and uh, scour ebay uh for it um but uh I'm, i'm just trying to i'm thinking you know the there's a lot of print on demand these days. And I just wonder if, you know, like the big publishers are considering at all doing print on demand for out of print books. It just, it, it doesn't seem like it's a, such a big deal these days that they could actually do that. What do you think about that? Yeah, I would love that, you know, especially, and again, all of my examples are star Wars examples, but there are, uh, I think how Marvel's kind of repackaged a lot of the books is a little frustrating because you'll have, um, volumes that are kind of out of order of those Dark Horse books, which I would really like to have them, like, you know, in chronological order of release, you know, as how they or, or how they were originally published in graphic novels. Um, yeah, I would love for Dark Horse to come back and do that or, mm. you know, something like that, you know, just print on demand. Um, because again, yeah. all, all comics are Star Wars comics, probably in my brain. But you know, I, I wish I had better examples than that. But there are there yeah. are definitely comics like that, um, yeah. and especially you, for you UK creators and UK comic lovers, there's a lot of 2000 AD stuff that's kind of like that, where it's not all exactly, it's not all been brought back. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was one my friend Ian was telling me about when I was over there? Um, and it was dra- drawn by Kevin O'Neill. Um, oh yeah. Is this, a, is this a Judge Dredd one or just a 2000 AD thing? It was or? a 2000 AD thing. I, I can't remember what it was called, but he was like, mm, yeah, it's out of print, you know. Yeah. Um, you just have to find it in back issues. Yeah, man. And it just yeah. it just feels like that's an opportunity for sure. You know, that, you know, there are these facilities that you can do print on demand. And sure, it'll maybe cost a little bit more. But, you know, a lot of comic collectors out there will are willing to pay a little bit more just to get the back issues in physical form yeah exactly um interesting and and to think of it like obviously i don't want to get rid and you know you you wouldn't devalue the um the the collectability of it though still you know because it still would be a rare mm-hmm. thing to find those in the original thing so you in the original yeah, exactly print. like if you, if you if you get yeah. a first print run then that's even more valuable than the print on demand so oh yeah it's like yeah you know and you could even put like a, a print on demand mark on it somewhere just to denote the fact that it's a print on demand version rather than the uh original print run but yeah and, and or at least you know making it available on some online site for people to read you know purchase exactly. and read yeah, yeah. 
seems simple. Um, yeah. But speaking of which, I've managed to find it on eBay in the UK for like three quid for the first Perfect. volume of Star awesome. Wars Clone Wars Adventures. So I'll uh, I'll get a copy and uh, let you know what I think. Yeah, and and uh, if your kids are old enough to read it, it's totally safe for them. You know, oh, I, I've great. Shown... Yeah, no, my daughter's yeah. really getting there now. Yeah, so it's uh, my my niece is eight years old. She loves the books like that. Um, I've shown her a couple of them before, and you know, she's definitely into it, which is great. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Um, so uh, moving on to our last question: If you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? I think it'd have to be Watchmen again. I know I've only got two answers, but Watchmen is just—it's got <laughs> it's so everything. Good. It's really got Still, everything. Um, and I know that's not an atypical answer for someone who's in comics, but it does. It, it is a Rorschach test for where you're at emotionally. Like what a way to check mm. yourself is to see who you're associating with at the time. Like right now with Watchmen, you know, I've had times where I'm like, yeah, I'm like Dr. Manhattan. I don't want to talk to anybody. Um, but I feel like right now who I'm, a, you know, I'm relating to more and more as Dan Dryberg. Like, I just feel like I just want to connect with people, you know, I want to feel that, you know, I'm, I'm looking for that reason for living or that reason for why I'm in comics. And I, and I find it every once in a while and I find that connection, you know, and I, I mean, I just found it again. So I, I feel like him, you know, where he finds that, you know, and he finds the reason and, but then also finds the, you know, the, the real reason for living, which is a human connection. And, you know, I, I really love that. Um, you know, a lot of people just remember the book for being how dark it is, but it's it's really a, you know, for certain characters, it's a really hopeful story. Um, and uh, a Dan Dryberg is a perfect example of that. So I, yeah, I love Watchmen. And I think that if I had it on a desert island or in an alien apocalypse and it was the only book I had access to, I'd be pretty happy with it. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, and then uh, what weapon, tool or useful item would you like to take with you as well? Um, I think, I, I don't think I'd be good with, uh, any weapon really. I, I think I'd suck with everything. So I think what I would do is I would, um, I would have something I could like, you know, keep the enemies back with. So like a pole, like a sharp stick or something like that, or like a long baseball bat, you know, just to keep people away from me. I think that would be really good. Um, either that or like, uh, a, a sack full of rocks. Those are always useful. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, man. For sure. Yeah. Um, baseball bat or sack full of rocks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Excellent, man. Well, happy to provide that along with um, the deluxe version of Watchmen. Um, yeah. Don't want, to, don't want you to be slumming it. All um, set up. I'm good, to, I'll, I'm good to survive the alien apocalypse. What, what about you, though? I'm curious. What, what's your weapon? My weapon. I mean, it really does depend on the apocalypse, really. Um, but yeah, for for the alien invasion, um, my my weapon would. I'd probably go with an an EMP, um, of some kind. I mean, just in an attempt to kind of like take down any of their infrastructure. But it it's a re- it's a bit of a it's a bit of potluck because maybe their systems don't work on electricity in the same way that ours do so it would kind of fall flat on its face so you'd like you'd do the emp and then it'd be like 
ah, it didn't work. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's a it's a bit of a wild card. But that that I'd hedge my bets that it would do something and give us a fighting chance if we were kind of you know in a in a you know head to head fist to fist fights with an alien that we could take them on physically because like you know going off of kind of the you know alien logic that as a civilization gets more and more advanced it becomes kind of weaker physically um and more powerful Mm. mentally um so we could take them on kind of actually like muscle wise um as long as they don't have any of their technology (laughs) yeah exactly so are you more in this scenario with your survival plan are you more of a fighter or a survivor in this situation um i'm i'm probably i mean the the first instinct is to just get to safety and then Mm -hmm. start to come up with a plan for for actually taking back the planet um so i'd i'd be kind of you know survival mode for like the first month or something and then when we're kind of like settled and it's like right okay let's start galvanizing people to actually sort out how we're actually gonna get the planet back (laughs) Yeah, so when I'm when I'm gathering my friends to keep you know together and, and form a resistance and, and help our planet survive, I'm going to get on the radio to you, yes, over in the UK, you just to be like, you know, we've got other people, like you know, exactly. okay. and we need we need to coordinate our our attacks, yeah. and then we're yeah. going to be all right. Yeah, and it'll right. be like how it is in the uh, in Independence Day, where they're like, the Yanks yes. are starting. <laughs> are starting an attack and you'll be like it's about bloody time exactly we're the I'll, heroes. Be that guy. I'll be that guy no. <laughs> yeah i love that it's, it's such a hilarious uh scene i mean it's, it it's very it's very well intentioned for sure um, it is it's uh yeah bless them it's like you know it's it's, it's only the americans that would like i mean oh you know in, in, in a lot of ways it kind of it you do would obviously lead an attack in, in a military scenario, but it's just the phrasing of like the the Brit who says it's about yeah. bloody time. Yeah, it's like, well, I'm sure the British would also have a plan. Like we would also come up with a plan. <laughs> to yeah, start I know. Something. Well, that movie's so campy, and it's uh, that scene just like everybody in the rest of the world just twiddling their thumbs while America <laughs> saves the day. Yeah, exactly. Like, I love no clue what to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. So good, man. Uh, well, Noah Ray, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on Comics for the Apocalypse. And uh, yeah, no, you're welcome back anytime. Um, but for the for the listeners, uh, where's the best place to find you online? Yeah, definitely Instagram, Noah Cray. Uh, you'll find uh, updates on all my projects and you'll get a lot of Star Wars fan art on there. Um, but yeah, it's on Instagram. And you can, you know, through that, you can get access to all the other things that I'm a part of. Uh, yeah. Thanks so much for awesome. having me on, Sam. Hey, no worries, Noah. And uh, yeah, no, um, have a good rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Ciao for now. Thanks again to Noah for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Noah's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which... If you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the near future, I'll see you next time. Bye for now. <laughs>